From Washington, D.C., the swamp itself, this is The Week's Worst with Allen and Vadim. I'm Dr. Stephen J. Allen, Vice President and Chief Investigative Officer of the Capital Research Center. And I'm Matthew Vadim, Senior Vice President at Capital Research Center. I'm also Editor-in-Chief of our new website, bombthrowers.com. This is our podcast in which we dig through the news for stories we think are the most outrageous, the most ridiculous, the worst. We do it so you don't have to. Now, we're going to get in a few minutes to the to the Russia hacking thing, but uh, uh, Matthew, you have a story to start off with. I want to talk about the, the hashtag BLM kidnapping. That is the Black Lives Matter kidnapping that's been in the news a lot over the last few days. What happened was that um, four... Uh, youngsters in Chicago uh, who happened to be African-American kidnapped a... uh, The reports are unclear, either an autistic or a developmentally disabled young white man, and they tortured him because he's white. They they, uh, tried... They cut off parts of his scalp. They mocked him. They made him drink toilet water. Uh, and it, it's really what, what, what's really uh, amazing, and I don't mean amazing in a good way, but what's really amazing about this is that they broadcast the whole thing live on Facebook. So they utilized, the, uh, they're not ISIS terrorists, and yet they utilized Facebook's uh, live broadcasting platform in order to accomplish whatever it is they were trying to accomplish. Uh, and that was to to torture this uh, this white man and to apparently shame him for supporting Donald Trump. And they on the video, you can see them very clearly uh, saying, uh, F Donald Trump, F white people. Um, and then they're mocking this person as they're as they're they're menacing him with uh, what looks like a knife or a dagger of some kind. And uh, it, it's it's really shocking. Uh, what's really what, what's even more shocking, though, at least to me, is the fact that um, most people have condemned this. But there are some on the left who are still making excuses for this kind of behavior. And of course, these people can be found at the TV network. Uh, I like to call it the fake news network, MSNBC, where recently uh, Don Lemon, uh, the award-winning uh, broadcaster who thought that a who who pondered two years ago that a black hole swallowed up the missing uh, Malaysian airliner that disappeared into the Indian Ocean, I think it was that it was swallowed up by a black hole. So yes, that was one of that was one of the theories he asked his uh, guest about. That's right. So because of course we all know that Don Lemon is an eminent astrophysicist, so he knows these things. He understands black holes. So. Um, but the point is, he said, he said, oh, these are just some kids from bad, a bad home, and, and that he was really hesitant to call it evil. He said, we shouldn't characterize this as evil. Uh, this, was just, uh, this was just people behaving badly uh, because of their upbringing. And it's amazing how many people in the media have, have actually agreed uh, with that position, which to me, is totally beyond the pale. You don't, uh, you know, coming from a bad neighborhood, you might do some shoplifting or occasionally mug somebody, perhaps, but you don't um, put together a, a, a social media platform for kidnapping and torturing somebody and, and letting everybody in the world know about it. And these kids, they had no... 
compunction. They had no fear about being captured. They showed their faces. They addressed each other by their first names. And I'm just thinking that 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 it is this kind of thing that uh, the Obama uh, administration, I think, has enabled over the years by promoting um, such vitriol between the races and uh, by supporting the Black Lives Matter movement, which is why this event has come to be called, at least on Twitter, the BLM kidnapping, the Black Lives Matter kidnapping. Uh, but there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of resistance to that on the left, and they're saying, "Oh, you can't blame these people for the actions of a few." But I would argue that this is part and parcel of the Black Lives Matter movement, which which praises cop killers like Asada Shakur, who um, the former Joanne Chesimard, who years ago uh, gunned down New Jersey State Trooper, a white man. Um, and uh, executed him when the car was uh, uh, pulled over for a stopover. Uh, she then fled to Cuba, where she still is. Um, and uh, uh, Mumia Abu-Jamal, uh, whose original name was Wesley Cook, but he's become a folk hero on the left. He's a, He was on death row in Pennsylvania until his sentence was uh, reduced by a higher court to just life imprisonment, and he's become as I say, a folk, a folk hero of sorts uh, on the left because he killed, uh, what was it, he hit the exacta there. He killed a white man and he killed a police officer. And these are the kind of people that the Black Lives Matter movement um, uh, lionize. They, they hail them as heroes. And uh, there's just no getting around that. A movement that is in, in, kind, is in support of that kind of thing uh, obviously, uh, would be in my my view, my reasoning would be in support of this 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 kidnapping of a white man and this torture of him on uh, on live video. Well, one thing that tells you a lot about them is it, that. Do you think I'm going out on a limb here, Doctor Allen? Well, I think that it's clear they're not interested in, in in real justice. They 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 call for justice. They say no justice, no peace, which of course is an implied threat of violence, but. Well, that, you, that saying comes from the L.A. riots, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, after yeah. Rodney uh, King's um, arrest was captured, where the police kept beating him repeatedly, and 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 the, the, the 1992 riots right. in L.A. And, and the Reverend Al Sharpton, who uh, is uh, perhaps the, the 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 godfather of the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, he was certainly the one who was quick to get into places like uh, Ferguson, Missouri, down, and also in Florida, where the uh, you had the George Zimmerman. Trayvon Martin case, uh, and Reverend Sharpton's organization actually has that on their banners, and when the Attorney General of the United States uh, a little while back spoke, uh, it was there, visible, uh, no justice, no peace. They did remove that slogan, I noticed, uh, when the President of the United States came to speak, they did they did remove that one. But um, uh, you've had, I believe, the other, or the second Attorney General of the Obama administration also spoke there with uh, the, the the slogan, uh, no justice, no peace, appearing. But if you look at the, the cases that they refer to, uh, where they say they've got their uh, their impetus their, their for their current form, uh, it is like Ferguson, uh, Missouri, where the Obama administration had to uh, issue a report saying that the police officer was entirely justified in the shooting of the young man, Michael Brown, who had uh, roughed up an Indian American a clerk at a convenience store and then attacked a police officer, tried to take his gun. The gun goes off in the car, uh, and uh, then in the course of uh, him turning and uh, uh, going back toward the police officer, uh, someone who's uh, 300 pounds, 
uh, and um, uh, very, very large, could obviously take a smaller person very easily in a fight. Uh, he's coming back toward him, and the policeman shoots him. And the, the Obama administration report said that all the witnesses backed up the police officer's story, that this was a justified shooting. Obviously, the Trayvon Martin case, where you had a young man who was, uh, c- according to the witness on his side, the person, his girlfriend, who was on the phone with him during the incident, uh, who testified in court and also talked on the uh, uh, Piers Morgan show on CNN uh, that this was a gay bashing, that he thought he was being followed by a gay guy. Because uh, he, she told him that he might, this person right. in the neighborhood might be might be a gay man looking for sex partners. Right. And that, that you know, when, and she said, this is a normal reaction that you have if you are being followed by someone like that and you're not uh, that kind of way. That's how she put it. Not that kind of way. Uh, of, so just it was taken for granted that uh, if, if you thought a gay guy was might be following you, that you should uh, give him, as she, she put it, and excuse my French for this, but whoop ass, uh, that's what she said And um, uh, when she testified. And so, uh, you know, these are the Freddie Gray heroin uh, dealer in Baltimore who— uh, Freddie Gray, yes. Yeah, and, and again, these cases, they're brought forth. Now, as I've said before— uh, there are many cases of police officers when you've got 800,000 law enforcement officers in the country and you look at the history of this country. There was a time when police were really were an instrument of oppressing African-Americans in, in certainly many parts of the country, um, perhaps in general. Uh, that was the case. Uh, Itchy Trigger Finger Nash, I refer to as the policeman in Atlanta who once got an award from the Ku Klux Klan for having killed the most uh, black people. And, uh, and the time in uh, the early part of the 20th century when African-Americans were methodically sent to prison uh, in many places to, in, in effect, to reconstitute slavery by sending them to prison on trumped-up charges and then running them out as prison labor. So all these, all these injustices are true, uh, but uh, we're talking about the real world today, and this is where you get an organization like Black Lives Matter come through, and they are not held to any standard, any standard of, uh, of truth, of providing evidence for the charges they make, uh, and they tell people that white police officers and police officers in general, uh, but you look at the Freddie Gray case, the officers who had the most serious charges, uh, trumped-up charges, as it turned out, against them were African-Americans themselves. They were subjected to themselves. political show trials as well. Right, and, and the, the ones— And everyone the, was acquitted, and eventually they just stopped prosecuting. And the ones with the most serious charges against them were African-Americans. So uh, it's, a, it's a situation where you, if you tell people that they're at war and you tell it over and over again, and I should mention, President Obama commented on the, uh, the, the horrible situation, the fellow being tortured, uh, and seemed to suggest that the problem was, well, there's this technology that allows you to put it online uh, and, uh, and then that uh, racism and discrimination, uh, that this is sort of the kind of thing that happens when you have that in a society. Uh, and again, that seems to me to be excusing this behavior. Uh, certainly, if you go back and look at periods when people were in really bad shape, when they were really oppressed uh, in this country, uh, when there was Jim Crow segregation, or right. when, when then, the then there would have been bad. at least a grain of truth to what they're saying. Right. Well, except that the thing is, you didn't see crime rates go up uh, during those periods. You didn't see when the Great Depression happened and people really were economically in horrible shape. Uh, you didn't see crime rates go up. There's no evidence. Uh, you know, they often apply this to terrorism. They try to say that terrorists come 
because there are no jobs in certain parts of the Middle East or uh, in, in parts of Africa or something, that that's why terrorists arrive. There's no evidence of that. In fact, many of the most famous terrorists and uh, are people who are extremely well-educated. They're engineers. They're doctors. Current head of al-Qaeda is a, is a, is a doctor. Um, the uh, a person who carried out uh, the 9-11 attack uh, on the ground was an engineer and so on. And Mohammed Atta was from one of the good—was supposedly from a good family— Right, uh, and these people—they weren't acting out of uh, any sense of uh, uh, you know economic social justice, as you might put it. They wanted to—they uh, wanted to further uh, jihad. Right, and uh, Islamofascists are people who believe that women should be subjugated and sexually mutilated, that homosexuals should be thrown off tall buildings, and all this. These are these are people who are evil. Uh, and uh, so I think that's what you saw in this torture case, uh, you know, when, when there's no consciousness of, of, of guilt, there's no, no feeling, oh, we got to, you know, man, we don't want to get caught here. We don't, whatever you do, don't use my name. Let's hide our face. And there was none of that. There was none of that. Instead, well, they, it was, they couldn't have done, it, they couldn't have done that because it was live. It was a live broadcast. So. But I mean, they, they didn't even turn the camera away no. from their faces they or anything wear like masks. that. Didn't wear masks. Didn't, didn't, they were they proud appeared to of be, what they They did. appeared to be drinking and toking up. Yeah, they were proud of what they did, and uh, this is uh, so. You, but you will have people who blame this on society because they can't blame it on folks who are evil. Since we're talking about evil and terrorism, maybe we should look now at uh, Keith Ellison's um, incredibly successful, at least so far, campaign to become chairman of the Democratic National Committee. Now, a little bit of background on Congressman Keith Ellison. He is one of two. Uh, Muslim members of the of the U.S. Congress. He is a uh, representative from a congressional district in Minnesota. Of course, he's a Democrat, uh, and basically he is in sympathy with the terrorists, with the jihadists, uh, although he claims not to be. He's very radical. He's a big supporter of Black Lives Matter. He speaks at their rallies. I've I've seen him do this, uh, and and written about him before. And, and yet he, there are a few, there is some token opposition to him, but he right now is the serious contender, the leading contender to become chairman of uh, one of our nation's two great uh, political parties, two great political institutions. And he is so far, his views are so, in my opinion, crazy that, that I'm amazed that he even has a shot. Is there some sort of derangement going on in the Democratic Party right now, Dr. Steve Allen, Ph.D.? Well, I think that the Democratic Party uh, didn't expect what happened to them on Election Day. Uh, they're in the worst situation they've been, by some measures, ever. Uh, they, have, during the o Obama years, lost a 1,000, more than a 1,000 state legislative seats. Uh, and, uh, of course, lost control of Congress, both houses, lost control of the governorships, lost control of state legislatures across the country. And it's, it's, it, 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 it's, it, it's one of those things where they're, they're looking around for someone to blame. Uh, and they uh, they have a, a base of people who some of whom supported Bernie Sanders, others are far to the left of that. You have some actual communists who are going to be involved in organizing the counter protests or the, or the protests, I should say, of the Trump inauguration. And I, I should just say, Carl Dix of yes. the Revolutionary Communist Party uh, was on the O'Reilly Factor um, Thursday, January the fifth, and 
this is not a figure who normally gets gets uh, you know mainstream pre- uh, uh, media exposure. So it's amazing that O'Reilly called him in to, to for his views on what's going on. But these because are the, these people are players in the political process. Amazingly enough, it used to be that there was an effort to keep communists in the background. We're talking about a political party that's uh, murdered. Uh, 100, 150 million people by, by common uh, agreement. Across uh, the world. Across the world. And uh, so you have a situation where in the old days they would do everything they could to avoid having a, a cause associated with the communists, even if the communists supported them. Uh, but in recent years, you had the People's Climate March a while back, and there were a number of groups that had communists in the name, or Socialist Workers' Party, Socialist Labor, and those are variations of the of the uh, communist terminology uh, in, in communism, you refer to yourself as a socialist. And um, so there are a number of communist parties that call themselves by, uh, by names like that. And, um, uh, and they're openly active in these movements. Uh, there's no effort to, uh, to hide them, uh, to keep them off the masthead, to keep them off the website uh, as far as the list of sponsoring organizations. It's really amazing uh, that we've reached that point where, you know, folks who uh, support, I mean, when, when you were a member of the Communist Party in the United States. I was never a member of the Communist Party. How dare you? Uh, well, when one was a member of the uh, Communist Party in the United States. Well, thanks for making that clarification. During the, during I the, really dislike unclear pronoun references, Dr. Allen. Exactly. One had to uh, take an oath to the Soviet Union. This was not, uh, we're an American party, we happen to be to the left of uh, uh, of some other parties or anything like that. They were not a legitimate part of the political process. These were people who were working for the Soviet Union, took an oath to the Soviet Union, whose goal was the destruction of American democracy. And so, uh, you know, they, they, and when you try to hold them accountable, uh, well, that uh, you're, you're written up now in the history books, you're a bad guy uh, it, for finding people who actually were communists. I'm not talking about people who were falsely accused of being communists. There were not very many cases of that, uh, almost none that uh, historians can find now, but rather people who were were members of the Communist Party and uh, were held accountable for it. So uh, let's let me move on to a, a couple of other things. And I'll, I'll first a little bit lighter note, uh, if you can say that about someone's death. But uh, I was a big fan of Carrie Fisher. She was uh, uh, a couple of weeks uh, young, younger than Star me. Wars. Uh, and uh, throughout her whole life, uh, I remember my mother when I was young, sort of following. My mother was a big movie buff and fan of celebrities, and she would uh, compare my progress in life to uh, that of Carrie Fisher, who almost exactly the same age. And then when she died, um, there was, uh, of course, an outpouring of, uh, of grief and followed up by uh, a day later, her mother, uh, Debbie Reynolds, dying. But I, I did note a couple of things that are relevant to the things we talk about on this program. One is that Steve Martin, the great comedian, uh, he put out a tweet that said, uh, when I was a young man, Carrie Fisher, she was the most beautiful creature I had ever seen. She turned out to be witty and bright as well, a reference to, of course, she became one of the great writers in Hollywood, a script doctor, and wrote uh, best-selling books, and was really a brilliant Postcards person. Postcards from the Edge was one of them, wasn't it? Yes, and was really a brilliant, funny person. She had of course, drug problems and, and other uh, challenges in her life, but, uh, but anyway, so Steve Martin puts that out, and of course, he has to pull it down, because he says in this that she was the most beautiful creature I had ever seen. And that, of course, I guess is sexist and uh, disrespectful to call someone beautiful. That's where we've reached in our society. How dare you call a beautiful person beautiful? These days, yes. And then there was another one where uh, Cinnabon, 
the uh, company that uh, I try to avoid uh, eating their product, uh, but it's uh, it's tasty. Is that the, they make those little heart attacks in the shape yes, of exactly, cinnamon rolls? Exactly, exactly. So earlier they'd done some promotional artwork of some sort where they took a cinnabon and they. Uh, did uh, the um, the side of uh, of, of Carrie Fisher's uh, face with the cinnabon there representing the bun on uh, in of course in her famous hairdo from the uh, from the Star Wars movies and um, and the the caption on and they they reprinted that uh, artwork in this tweet and said R.I.P. Carrie Fisher you'll always have the best buns in the galaxy. Now, eh, yeah, maybe it's a little tasteless uh, to put that out after somebody And, may, and maybe it was a bit soon, but... Maybe a bit soon. But the fact the, is that... The reaction was disproportionate. The reaction was in having to take that down and, and people and having to issue an apology. I mean, this is exactly... She would have loved that kind of humor. Uh, so, you know, totally in keeping with her. Uh, she had that um, uh, sort of... Uh, I, I don't know what the term would be these days, but a, a tough, broad-type sense of humor, we used to call it. And, and that's probably what she would call it. And then, of course, there were people who didn't get in trouble for what they said about Carrie Fisher's death uh, when she was uh, uh, struck uh, ill and before she died uh, Mark Hamill her star or um, co-star from the Star Wars movies uh, he put out a, a tweet that said as if 2016 couldn't get any worse sending all our love to Carrie Fisher so somehow he's got to work in a reference and we all know what that is to Donald Trump uh, and that's what you do in Hollywood uh, and then there was of course Charlie Sheen who um, who put out a uh, who put out a tweet saying, "Dear God, Trump next, please. Trump next, please. Trump next, please." So once again, these people in Hollywood are so obsessed that they can't let Carrie Fisher's death pass without making some sort of reference to uh, uh, to, to to Donald Trump and how terrible things should happen. And they keep making these public service amount announcements, these videos um, promoting their causes, trying to get. Um, uh, Republican electors in the Electoral College last month to vote against Donald Trump in the hope of throwing the election to the House of Representatives as provided in the Constitution. Uh, and, and they keep expecting people will actually take them seriously and, and follow their advice. Now they put out a new video recently um, with uh, celebrities from Hollywood and uh, left-wing social activists urging that Donald Trump be resisted right from the beginning. And it's just an angry, not that I have a problem with anger per se, but it was a scolding video. I watched it the other day. And, it, you know, it, the people are totally ins unsympathetic. Uh, and, you know, it's amazing that they think that they're actually going to reach, reach people and convince them and motivate them to take action to oppose um uh, incoming President Trump's agenda with such with such a monstrosity uh, of a video, and yet they 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 keep persisting in this behavior, um, not learning from their past mistakes, which is perfectly fine by me because they alienate a lot of uh, people, push them away from their uh, their silly causes. Yeah, well, they uh, they, 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 they want to resist. Their their idea is to resist that he's not my president, uh, and that he's you know he's not legitimate. Let's resist him in all ways possible. And in this uh, video that you mentioned, uh, they uh, they actually make a point of how they're the majority in America. And I guess they're referring to the fact that Hillary Clinton got more popular votes than Donald Trump, which is true. But she didn't get a majority of the vote. And if you add together majority the majority of the elect. Oh, not a majority. She got a plurality. She got a plurality. Because there, it was a four-way race. It was a, well, and, you know, depending on how many of the candidates you count. 
And uh, but there were four sort of major candidates that got mentioned a lot. Uh, but if you add together uh, in any way, the um, first of all, she didn't get a majority of the vote. But secondly, if you add together the right of center votes, including the Libertarians, and that's the party that once ran one of the Koch brothers for national office. Uh, so I think uh, even people on the left would have to admit that they're generally on the right. Uh, that is, the Libertarians are generally considered a right wing party. And then you put in the Constitution Party and then you put in some others, uh, uh, McMullen, who was running uh, versus Hillary and Jill Stein and the and the left wing candidates, what you find is that more people voted for the right wing candidates than voted for the left wing candidates. It was simply there were more of them, so there were there was a little more split, and that uh, that caused uh, among other factors that we've discussed, uh, voter suppression in California and so forth have it caused uh, Hillary to get more of the uh, more of the uh, uh, popular vote. But again. They don't seem to know what a majority is, and they also refer they refer to themselves as diverse Americans when they're a bunch of, you know, film and you know, movie and television stars, wealthy, and wealthy well, coastal elites, wealthy coastal elites, all of whom have exactly the same political opinion. And it's very important that now the term diverse or diversity is being used to describe people who are exactly alike, except. Uh, either uh, they are, you know, they have some sort of uh, uh, different peoples from different types of identity politics, uh, or sometimes they're all from one or two different groups, but they're still considered diverse because uh, these are groups that are favored in the current uh, left-wing ideology. Uh, the word diverse has lost its meaning completely, uh, and uh, of course we can thank Sandra Day O'Connor and the Supreme Court case that basically legalized racial discrimination as long was as Was that the Backey case? Uh, no, this was after that. This was the University of Michigan case that was the follow-up to the Backey case, and, and this is the Basically, they said you can justify any kind of racial discrimination as long as it's done in the name of diversity. And then the word diversity got twisted so that then it could justify all forms of racial discrimination. So let's uh, but let's talk about the um, the Russia hack. What do you think about that, Matthew? Well, it makes me want to hack. <coughs> That's whenever I hear about it. I just it's just uh, it strikes me as nonsense. It's entirely possible that it happened. But uh, foreign intelligence agencies are trying to hack U.S. government and corporate uh, computer networks 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. There has yet to been, to the best of my knowledge, there has yet to be any evidence released indicating that the Russians were... Uh, that there was any special, extraordinary, extraordinary effort, any any focused effort, to throw the election to one candidate or the other, and but and this claim is made uh, explicitly that that's what they're trying to do. Uh, there's no proof. We just have to take uh, the word for it. Uh, people who have produced summaries of CIA reports claim that this is the case, and you know the CIA ha- doesn't really have a good track record for. For uh, for intelligence. Well, unfortunately, it's like when I, whenever I have friends in town and you know we drive them by the George Bush Center for Intelligence in McLean, Virginia, they always they always snicker when they see that sign. Well, and I, and I and I get it. Yeah, here's the thing. I've worked a lot with people in the intelligence community. Uh, they're great people for the most part. Uh, but the thing is, there are certain things you can't know. Uh, you're often called upon to make judgments about uh, questions that you 
can't get the answer to. There's no way that you can see inside that box. And so you have to make a guess. And sometimes the guess turns out to be wrong. It's not really your fault. Uh, often they'll say, well, there's a 40% chance of this being true and a 60% chance of being that. And they're not given any credit for that. Let me, let me list some of the things that didn't outrage uh, people over the years. China in 1996 openly tried to buy the U.S. presidential election. Recall, uh, if anybody uh, doesn't believe me on that, just Google Charlie Tree, and that's T-R-I-E, and read about Charlie Tree and John Wong and all the, other, all the others. And Al were, Gore in the Buddhist temple. Who were funneling Chinese money into the political process in order to help the Clintons in that case. Uh, China, by the way, is responsible for something like 80% of the international hacks into the United States. And then all, all sorts of uh, missile, uh, nuclear missile uh, uh, payload delivery information intelligence somehow found its way into the hands of the Communist Party in China. The cyber, cyber what a fascinating coincidence. Cyber attacks on the U.S. include 2009, uh, the electric grid was hacked, uh, Pentagon Joint Strike Fighter Project, 2012, NASA, 2013, the Department of Energy and the FEC, 2014, the Postal Service, uh, the National Oceanographic uh, and, and Atmospheric Administration, the White House, the State Department, uh, 2015, the Department of Defense and the IRS, 2016, China hacked into OPM. I, I got three years of identity protection for free because my file was one of those that was hacked by the by the Chinese. And none of this mattered to anybody. The Russians have been hacking for years. Um, there were reports in 2012 that they were trying to hack into the political campaigns. And how stupid, how stupid are the uh, the Clinton people who are now trying to say that this thing sort of came out of the blue when, in fact, they didn't practice cybersecurity. Um, the Republicans took the advice of the federal authorities who came to them and said you might be hacked, but the Democrats and the Clinton campaign didn't. Uh, John Podesta used, and I'm, this isn't, this is, some people have tried to debunk this, but it is absolutely true that one of the passwords he was using, this was for his, uh, comp his uh, Windows 8 computer system, one of the passwords that he was using was... P, at sign, S-S-W-0-R-D. In other password. words, he was using as his password, password. How stupid do you have to be to do that? And, of course, now they're trying to blame all this on, uh, you know, something unusual when, in fact, the Russians were hacking in, just like they've hacked into our system, the Chinese have. Do you think the Israelis weren't trying to influence the political process in this, this is all election? A, this is a witch hunt, in my view. It's just, it, they, they just can't accept that Hillary Clinton uh, was defeated fair and square. Uh, on November the 8th. And so they've been bending over backwards trying to make excuses, trying to rationalize away the the election result that they didn't expect. And, and they, they suddenly... This is just one in a, in, in a line of excuses. Having, having lined up with Putin... Uh, in the uh, uh, early days of the and middle days and many of the late days of the Obama administration, uh, getting rid of the missile defense system that he didn't want. And, uh, of course, the famous case where he uh, says uh, to uh, Putin's sidekick, uh, you know, tell Vladimir that I'll uh, be more flexible after the election. The reset button with Hillary Clinton, all these you know, not taking any action on uh, of any significance over Crimea, uh, drawing the red line in Syria, where uh, Russia's ally was uh, crushing the resistance and did crush the resistance, was finally successful in that, doing nothing. And then suddenly, and by, I'm a guy who I have my pictures on the internet protesting uh, Putin from a couple of years ago. So I understand the the opposition. But the fact is, they're Johnny-come-latelys, and, uh, and now they're trying to use that to, for one reason, and that's to discredit 
Donald Trump and to make him delegitimate as uh, the president of the United States. Well, uh, we'll be back next week, and we hope you'll join us. Uh, please follow us at the uh, Capital Research Center on Facebook, on our YouTube channel, and at Capital Research on Twitter. I'm Dr. Stephen J. Allen. And I'm Matthew Vadum. Thanks for listening.